Good morning. I feel like we've had a full church service already. Don't you? Isn't that, isn't that good? Well, buckle up. We don't have a long way to go. But as a, as a wise man once said, we've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. So Scott will tell you who that was later. <laughs> Scott will tell you who that was right now. <laughs> you, you don't have to write that down in your notes. So it's okay. So as, as we jump in, we are continuing in Galatians this morning. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. So I am not the one living now. It is Christ living in me. I still live in my body, but I live by faith in the Son of God. He is the one who loved me and gave himself to save me. Now, if you recognize that, that's because that we have not only been there for the last several weeks, but that is our part of our memory verse for the month of August. I live by faith in the Son of God. So what is faith? I mean, that's kind of a hard thing to get a handle on, isn't it? What is faith? Webster's says that faith is a complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Complete and total confidence in someone or in something. That's a pretty good definition. Paul defined it this way in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11, the first three verses of chapter 11 of Hebrews, this is how Paul defines it. Faith is what makes real the things we hope for. It is proof of what we cannot see. God was pleased with the people who lived a long time ago because they had faith like this. Faith helps us understand that God created the whole world by his command. This means that the things we see were made by something that cannot be seen. Now in the rest of this chapter of Hebrews, Paul goes on to list great men and great women of faith from the Old Testament. In fact, if you want to get a real handle on spiritual faith, read the 11th chapter of Hebrews, highlight all of those names, and then go back into the Old Testament and read about those lives that Paul has listed there. There is your definition of faith. The people he lists there, those were like the gold medal winners when it came to faith. And what did all of those people that he listed, what did they all have in common? Besides great faith, they were all close to God. They all drew themselves close to God. They all put energy into getting close to God. They sought opportunities to be close to God. They hungered to be close to God. And that is where their great faith came from, from seeking Him. These folks, they didn't seek Him because they had faith. They had great and deep faith because they sought him. And I think a lot of times as Christians, we kind of get that backwards and we kind of we wait for our faith to catch on fire. Then we're going to get serious about God. And we have this idea that, well, when I become an adult, then, I'll, then my faith will catch fire and I'll get serious about God. Or when I, when I get married, then I'm going to be starting a family and then my, my faith will catch fire then or when I get my career-type job, or maybe once life kind of steadies out, and I, once I'm 40 years old, then I'll be a really, really old person, and I will think 
that my faith is going to catch fire then. We get this idea. I work with teenagers, so they all think that 40 is old, and it, 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 it breaks my heart a lot. We have this idea that the, the, the faith will catch fire, and then we'll get close to God. If you want to have deep faith, it's not going to come until you get close to God. And it's not waiting for a certain age or a certain milestone. You draw close to God, and that faith will begin to manifest itself in your life. And, and how often do we seek? We are, we are designed to have faith in something. We have this internal need, this hunger to have faith in something. And how often do we find the wrong things to try to meet that need? How often have you heard you've just got to have faith in yourself? Self-confidence. you got to believe that you can do it. And, and that sounds really good, except I'm looking around this service. Not all of you are as old as me, but most of you are. Some of you are older. We all get this thing. You figure it out as an adult. The older you get, the less you know. So the more confidence you have in yourself that you don't know anything. So the world's saying, got to have faith in yourself, trust in yourself. And the older you get, the harder it is to do that because the more you realize that you don't know. Have faith in yourself. Have faith in your career. You put all your energy into your career, and that's going to steady your life. Or relationships. Give all to your relationships. Television talk shows will tell you, if you want your relationship to succeed, give it all you've got. Give all of yourself to another person, and that will make that relationship work. And, and you need some hobbies in your life, and you need to have fun. And boy, our culture is obsessed with that. I mean, you can't just, just like movies. You've got to create and design and have a home theater, don't you? You've got to have the biggest TV. You've got to have the most DVDs. You've got to have the best chair to sit in while you're watching that TV. You can't just be a sports fan. You've got to get season tickets. And we'll even throw that faith into church, won't we? And we'll get this idea that the more I do for my church, the more I'm doing for God, and God loves that, and God's going to bless me, and that's going to be a good stuff. There's nothing wrong with being a ball fan. There's nothing wrong with being a movie fan. There's nothing wrong with doing for your church. There's nothing wrong with putting a lot into your relationships or your career. And there's nothing wrong with, with teaching yourself and believing that you can do things but that's not going to fill that faith need we have. In fact, our desire as a leadership team at Fresh Start Fellowship, it is not to get you deeper into church. Our desire is to get you to fall deeper in love with Jesus. Because if you fall deeper in love with Jesus, then you are going to become a servant of His. You are, going to become, you are going to begin to bear that fruit that we talked about a few weeks ago on the vine. You get close enough to him, that stuff's going to start to happen beyond your control, and you're not going to be able to stop yourself from getting involved in church. So what happens when we put our faith into the wrong things? I want you to check this out. This is, this is a surge protector. In 2020, every single one of us has seen one of these. Let's pretend for a minute that this is us. This is our life, right? And we need faith. We've got this hunger to have faith in something. And where are we going to look for that faith? We spend an awful long time trying to have faith in ourselves. 
Now, who knows anything about electricity? Is this surge protector going to power anything like this? I mean, I'm following the directions. It's plugged in. Is it going to... I'd flip this switch back and forth here. There's no light coming on. Nothing. It's, it's useless. So, so faith in self doesn't... Well, let's, let's try something else. I'm going to come over here and plug that into my career. That'll, that'll work. Now I'm, I'm focusing everything on my career and making money, and I'm, I, I still don't see any light there, so maybe, you know what, I just, I need, a, I need a better relationship than the one I got. I'll find a better relationship and put everything into that, and that's going to be the thing that I didn't turn the light on either. Well, I, I need hobbies. That's what's missing out of my life. I don't have enough fun, so I plug it in and get some hobbies going, and okay, that didn't change anything either. Oh, maybe, you know what, I'll start showing up at church every Sunday, and all i got to do is come in the door of church, and God's going to start blessing me, and everything's going to fall into place, and that's not really doing it. Even church didn't work. And how silly is it that our life, the very thing we need, we need faith. So to find faith, we look into the very thing that needs faith to get the faith. Folks, that's like expecting your gas tank to fill up while you go out and drive your car around in circles. That's like trying to fix an empty bank account by going out and writing a bunch of checks. Some of y'all have done that, and it doesn't work, does it? We want to power this thing. We've got to plug it into something else, don't we? We've got to connect to something else. And that is where this faith in God comes in. Because faith in all that, nothing wrong with all that other stuff. But that's not going to do it. We've got to draw that faith from God. In the, the book of James, he wrote, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. You get close to him, and he's going to provide in these other areas of your life. We've talked about this. He's not necessarily going to provide everything you want. In fact, the closer you get to him, sometimes he's going to give you some stuff you don't want. We talked a couple weeks. Did anybody take up my challenge a couple weeks ago when I challenged you, those of you who need patience, to be bold enough to pray for patience? Did anybody do that? Because you know what's going to happen when you start praying for patience. God's not going to give you patience. He's going to give you a lot of opportunities to be patient. If we want to have faith, we need to seek to know God better. That sounds kind of important, so I'm going to say that again. If we want our faith to grow, we need to seek to know God better. Well, how do we do that? Well, we read his word. Now, you, you have walked into a church this morning that believes that reading God's Word is important. We have, right now, we've got daily reading plans going out all over social media. We've got a, a list on the table in the back. We are, we've been reading through the book of Psalms together for the past couple of months as a church. This church reads together every day. We've got a daily assignment, and some of you all do twice as much every other day because you don't have time to do it every day. Some folks binge on the weekend and get all caught up. Those of you who want to binge and are really spiritual, binge ahead so that the rest of the week you're ahead of the curve. Some of us are always a day behind or two days behind, no matter how much we read. But we read his word together because that's one of the ways to get to know God. 
And when you get to know God, that is going to grow some faith in your life. Another way is to memorize his word. We have a monthly memory verse that we work on as a church. And some of the folks in this church, when we announce it on the first Sunday of the month, some of you walk out the door and you've already got it memorized. Some of you already had it memorized from another time in your life, but some of you memorize it that day. Some of us, at the end of the month, are still stumbling through last month's trying to do it because some of us just don't have a brain that memorizes really easy. But, but putting God's Word in your heart, that's more important than memorizing word for word. So, but putting God's Word in your heart, working on that memorization, reading it enough times to memorize it, even if you have a brain like mine that doesn't ever fully have everything it should have memorized, I mean, I don't even know my own phone number. i got to look it up in my phone before I can give it to anybody. But, but reading it over and over again in an attempt to memorize is going to put that word in your heart, and that's going to draw you closer to God, and that is going to strengthen your faith. Spending time with his word. Not just reading, but with his word. Now, that means spending time with other people who read his word. That's fellowship, and that is very important. And, and I think for a lot of us, that has become really important during this pandemic when we, have fe- we felt very disconnected from people. So it's a lot harder. It's not as easy as it used to be to just get out and fellowship with people. That makes when we have that opportunity to fellowship, that makes it even that much more precious. But being with other people who read his word, that, that's being with his word. We did that a little bit ago when we heard his word, an audio Bible that we captured off of the internet so that we could stand and we could all hear his word together. And if you're one of those folks that hearing that, that makes more of an impact on you than reading it. The internet, you can get all of the Bible, audio Bibles, on the internet for free. It won't cost you anything. You just got to get some sort of a device and get online and you can listen to the entire Bible. Front to back, book to book, verse by verse, in just about any version you want to find, it's free online. You can sit with his word and hear it. Those are things that are going to help you get to know God better, and those are going to help you live by faith. Now, if you really want to live by faith, there's just a couple things we can do. And the first thing I think, if we have faith in Christ, that means we believe that Jesus meant what Jesus said. Now, this, this Galatians series butts right up against the I Am series that we did. In fact, it's, it's, it feels a lot to me like the same series. So much so that we were supposed to do the Galatians series first and then the I Am series. And that was the plan for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then Tuesday, before the very first Galatians sermon... The pastor and I were talking about the, the first I Am sermon because for the I Am series, we, we had all these props in here. I am the light. I am the bread of life. I am, I am all this stuff. And as we began assembling those props, we started talking about the very first I Am sermon. And then that Sunday, I got up here and I preached the very first I Am sermon four weeks before we were supposed to. And it wasn't just me because the pastor sat there and nodded through the whole first sermon. And then halfway through the second service, the pastor says to himself, were, were we supposed to start Galatians today? But that's, it's all the this, this same thing. And I think God is smarter than us. That's why he had me mess it up. 
but I think this, the I am statements, Jesus meant what he said when he defined himself. Those I am statements. I am the bread of life. I'm going to sustain you and nourish you. I am the light of the world. To a world that is lost in darkness, he is the light. I am the door of the sheep. He is going to protect his followers from harm. I am the resurrection and the life. Death is not the final word. Death is not the end. In fact, I think you can make a really good argument. This sounds kind of morbid, but I think you can make a really good argument. If you know who Jesus is, death is the beginning. All of this, we're just getting ready. We're just, we're just lining up on the starting line. Death is the beginning, not the end. I am the good shepherd. He is committed to caring and watching over those that are his. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the source of all truth. He is the source of all knowledge. All the knowledge that is truly important in your life. I am the true vine. If we attach to him, he promises we will grow fruit. He meant what he said when he defined himself. And, and those of us who know Jesus and experience the truth of those I am statements, we say amen and we get kind of charged up because we know we've experienced that light and that nourishment and that protection and that excitement. We've experienced all that in our lives. We also need to believe that Jesus did what he told his apostles he was going to do. In the second chapter of John, Jesus, Jesus declared out loud, destroy this temple and I will build it again in three days. He wasn't talking about a building, he was talking about his body. That was close to the beginning of his ministry. Destroy my body, I'm going to raise it up again in three days. And he did it. He was crucified for our sins, he died as a punishment for our sins, and in three days he rose again so that we can go to heaven and spend eternity in heaven. We don't just get to go visit. We had to go live. We get to go stay. Destroy this temple. I will build it again in three days. He did what he said he was going to do. And if we believe all that, then we've got to believe that he is going to do what he said he's going to do that he hasn't done yet. And in the Gospel of Matthew, it says, when the, Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes, everyone will see him. It will be like lightning flashing in the sky that can be seen everywhere by everyone. When Jesus comes back, everyone, no matter where they are on this planet, is going to see it. It's not going to be some sort of a, a lightning storm where people are going to say, Oh, did, did you see that? Did you notice that? We're going to know exactly what it was when he comes back. He hasn't come back yet, but he said he was going to. So if we believe that he was the, the life giver and the source of truth and a caregiver and a protector and light and sustainer and that he literally made death a lie, a lie. And if we believe that he resurrected himself and that he opened the door for us to spend eternity in heaven, then we've got to believe that he is going to come back and we need to live as if we're taking that seriously. And that is where our faith comes in. And I'm not talking about when he's going to come back because Jesus told his apostles even he didn't know when he was coming back. Only God knew. Only the Father knew. Jesus didn't even know. 
So isn't it kind of silly the amount of energy that we spend declaring to each other, 2020, pandemic, these are the end times. In 1999, everybody, oh, these are the end times. When, when, when the odometer rolls over to 2000, that's it. Jesus is coming back. And, and I just kept asking, in which time zone? But it didn't matter because he didn't come back in any of them. And maybe, maybe he's going to come back in 2020. He may come back before this sermon's over. It could be 20 more years. It could be 10 more centuries. We don't know. And I don't really care when he comes back. I care how am I living with the knowledge that he could come back at any time. Because that is what we need to take seriously. If we are going to live out our faith, Last spot we're going to jump in the Bible this morning. And, and if you've been hanging around here, you know these because these were memory verses. Mark chapter 12, verse 30. Anybody know it? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The pastor's in the back. He knew it. He was excited. He knew that one. It's the greatest commandment. That's what Jesus said was the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And in verse 31, he said, the second most important command is this. Love your neighbor the same as you love yourself. These two commands are the most important. Love God with everything you got and love your neighbor the way you love yourself. Look out for your neighbor the way you look out for yourself. Have grace with your neighbor the way we have grace with ourselves. Make excuses for your neighbor the way you make excuses for yourself. Look out for your neighbor. Protect your neighbor. Care for your neighbor. Love your neighbor the way you love yourself. So we are going to end this service today with a chance to love our neighbors. Now it has been the desire, this, this idea was birthed by Brother Scott and he brought it to the men's ministry. It is the desire of the men's ministry at Fresh Start Fellowship that every student and every parent for this school year is connected with at least one person who's going to be praying for them daily for this school year. At least one. Some of them are going to have multiple prayer partners. And, and the pastor is back there. He's beginning to pass those assignments out now. Zach, maybe you could go and, and give him a hand. But this is one way that we are going to love our neighbors, we're going to love ourselves, we're going to love our church family. We are going to, most of you in this room, are going to get some prayer cards with students or with the names of parents of students on them, so you can pray for these specific students, these specific parents this year. If you don't get a prayer card and want one, let us know. We'll make sure you get one. Absolutely. We, it, is, it is our intention that we take this seriously. Take this home and stick it on your refrigerator. Take it home and, and, and stick it on your bathroom mirror. Maybe use it as a bookmark in your Bible. Somewhere where it is going to confront you and challenge you to pray every day for these young people. And we have, we have covered our students all the way from a couple are just like pre-kindergarten all the way up through our seniors in high school. 
and we are going to pray for them every day, and we're going to pray for their parents because their parents need as much prayer as the kids do, and in some cases, maybe even more. But take this and take this seriously because this is a chance for us to show our faith, to live out our faith. It is the heart of this church that we would not only claim to love God, but we would actually take action that shows that. That we would not only claim to love our neighbors, but we will take action that shows that. So as we keep our, our students and our parents covered in prayer all year long, I'm going to challenge you to, uh, to take a look at those cards right now. If you don't have any in front of you, if you didn't get any yet, then I'm just going to challenge you to spend a, a few moments. I'm going to pray real quick, and then we're going to spend just a little bit of time quietly and I'm going to challenge you to pray for our teachers, for our schools, for our students, for our families in this community. And then after a, a, a minute or, or so or enough time has gone by, then I'm going to ask Brother Scott to come up and he is going to close us in prayer then. Because this has been my heart as we talk about faith, that we don't just talk about it, that we do it, that we live it.